Hello everyone and welcome back to Let's Eat. I am personally very, very excited for this episode because of the fact I think this is one of the biggest transformations that I underwent over the past several years, maybe over the past decade. Okay, I'm 29 and 19 year old me would look at 29 year old me and absolutely gasp in shock because of this transformation. Um, and I'm really excited to share and give you some tips and tricks and strategies on how I personally made this transformation and how I evolved. It is a snowy Sunday morning. It is snowing and beautiful out, and I'm super excited for this episode. So let's eat. Welcome to Let's Eat. I'm your host, Emily, holistic health coach and self-proclaimed wellness enthusiast, here to meet you at the intersection of physical and mental health the exact location where optimal wellness lies. This podcast is meant to explore all areas of mind and body wellness, designed to offer you the integrative knowledge, behavioral strategies, and mindset shifts necessary to uplevel your health and feel better today. We'll explore nutrition, sleep, movement, self-care and stress management, habits and routines, gut health, mental health, and more. I am so happy that you're here. Welcome to the table. Let's eat. So let's set the scene. Let's set the stage a little bit. Let's go back to, let's see, 2014, when Emily, yours truly, was 19 years old, and boy, was life different. I am 19. I am working as a bartender. This is my first year as a bartender. Fast forward to 29, I've now been bartending for 10 years. I was in school, I had recently transferred from University of Delaware to my local community college, and your girl was a night owl, a former night owl, if you will. I, because I worked nights, would get to bed about midnight, one o'clock in the morning, and I would easily sleep until 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock, that is if I didn't have school the morning um, that next morning. And that was my routine, right? I would get to bed super late, wake up really late, and that was the nature of my schedule based on my work schedule, based on school, and so forth. I will preface all of this by saying there's nothing wrong with any, any particular sleep schedule that's accommodating to the lifestyle that you lead, right? For shift workers, for nurses, or those in the medical field, for people who work at night, for people who work in the restaurant industry, oftentimes this is the reality of their sleep schedule, is they sleep based on when they're not working. And sometimes that means during the day, sometimes that means later at night, but ultimately we have to do what we have to do, right? We have to work and so forth. However, I do think that even though some of our responsibilities require us to have maybe what would, what would be considered an abnormal sleep schedule, I think there's a lot that we can do to still support our circadian rhythm, to still support um, sleep hygiene, and to really have a healthy relationship with sleep so that we're getting restorative quality sleep, even if we're not traditionally sleeping nine to nine to five, nine to six, whatever, whatever the sleep schedule is that you would consider normal, quote, unquote. Now, I'm not going to get too much into circadian rhythm and circadian health in this episode because I'd like to reserve a full episode on simply circadian health and circadian rhythm and what that means and how we can support it and respect it and regulate and so forth. 
So stay tuned for that because that's really important. I believe that sleep is one of the most important pillars to our health, sometimes more important than nutrition and exercise. So I want to be sure that I give sleep its, its due attention and its, its needed attention because a lot of us don't do that. A lot of us are sleep deprived, but I'll, I'll, I'll stop myself there. But when it comes to my sleep schedule and my routine as a 19 year old and into my mid twenties versus where I am now, it is really, really different. And I believe that it has changed my mental health and my physical health significantly. Okay. So this episode, we are going to explore how a night owl joined the 5am club. For those of you who don't know, the 5am club is a book. I didn't actually read it all. I don't remember why I didn't read it all, but I think I started it and then I, I just got into something else, but there is a book called the 5am club. I believe the author is Robin Sharma. I could be completely wrong with that. That's, that's what I vaguely recall. And it's all about developing a healthful, more mindful morning routine for the sake of the trajectory of your day. And so I'm going to explore that a little bit on what worked for me, how I evolved, how I got to where I am today, what my morning routine looks like now, and some tips and strategies that I can recommend to you to get to a place where you feel like you have a morning routine that is nourishing, that fuels you for the trajectory of your day, and is also respectful of your circumstances and your lifestyle and what your body is asking for and needs. Because forcing yourself to get up at 5 a.m., if you are a shift worker or you work late nights or you're just not wired to force yourself out of bed at 5 a.m. and you learn that day after day after day, honoring that is really important and finding your sweet spot is is even further important. So maybe 5 a.m. is not your thing and that's okay, right? But cultivating a morning routine that doesn't involve stress, that doesn't involve rushing, that gives you time to really practice some self-care and mindfulness and, and really nourishes your mind, body, and soul, I believe that is a game changer for the rest of your day. And I want to walk you through how I got to where I am and how I do that every day. Now I'll start by saying a big driving force in my ability to do this was the pandemic. Okay. Before the pandemic, I was working five to six nights a week, working late into the evening. I'd start about six o'clock and I would get done between 11 and one. And then I get home and, you know, take my makeup off and lay in bed. So getting to bed wasn't necessarily a priority. I would just wind down you know, maybe watch something or in my younger years, maybe have a glass of wine. And I, like I said before, would sleep until 10 or 11 o'clock. And this was my routine. This is what I knew. This is the life that I lived and I was very content with it, right? Now, during the pandemic, because of the fact that in New Jersey, the bars closed earlier, the restaurants closed earlier. We also were just entirely closed for several months as were most restaurants and bars in the country. I got a taste of what it was like to get to bed about eight or nine o'clock. At the time I had just started seeing my boyfriend at the time and we were spending more time together and he worked a traditional seven to four job. So I you know, would get to bed early and he was working through most of the pandemic and I would be waking up you know, about six, seven o'clock 
and that became my routine, okay? Now, it wasn't the easiest transition, right? I wasn't used to going to bed so early, but because there really wasn't anything else to do and I wasn't working, I thought, well, I might as well. At this point in time, I'm still going to school. All of my classes for my master's degree had transitioned to online. So I still have some structure to my day, right? Because I'm in school and I'm still responsible, right? To having a schedule to some extent, but work was no longer a factor in this equation. So I found myself getting to bed much earlier, waking up earlier, which didn't come easily at first, right? Sometimes I would wake up and get back to sleep. But over the course of time, this just became my ritual. This just became my routine. So fast forward to the country resuming some semblance of normalcy where we were operating again, maybe with restricted hours, the bars were closing earlier, and you know we were functioning again in some form or fashion, I quickly realized that my newfound bedtime and my love for this type of schedule didn't match what I was doing in the workplace, right? It didn't match what I was doing as a bartender. And it wasn't immediate, right? This was over the course of maybe two years after the pandemic quieted down a bit and we were able to operate and, and serve and so forth a little bit more normally that I would work evenings and I'd work at night, but I continue to gravitate towards working more of the day shifts. Okay, so I won't go too much further into that. I think it's pretty clear cut that with the shift in my schedule over the course of the pandemic, it just organically became clear to me that I was moving in that direction. So let's explore some of the driving forces that allowed me to become a morning person. Okay, coming from a former night out, let's talk about the things that helped me become a morning person. I love talking about morning and nighttime routines. I firmly believe that they are bookends in our day and they make an enormous difference on the trajectory of our day. They make an enormous difference in our quality of sleep at night. So this is not the last you'll hear from me about morning routines. I plan to spend a lot of time talking about morning routines and not in the aesthetic way, but really in the structured, research-based way that shows us why it's beneficial to have a morning routine, why it doesn't have to be trendy, why it doesn't have to be aesthetic, but simply investing in a few things every morning that will guarantee change the trajectory of your day, how you feel, your energy, your focus, your mood, and then also impact your quality of sleep at night. So this is probably the most obvious, the most obvious number one point here but I have to say it, right? Prioritizing an earlier bedtime, okay? This goes out to the people who think that they don't need a lot of sleep, who think that they can operate on four to five hours or gets caught up in doom scrolling, laying in bed, exposing ourselves to blue light and the stress of social media and the news and so forth. We need to be prioritizing an earlier bedtime. And I think that this is obviously more challenging for someone who's maybe used to going to bed much later or has commitments later into the evening. But I really do believe that by establishing consistency, number one, which is super important and has been shown to improve our quality of sleep, improve you know the quality of our next day and so forth, really prioritizing a consistent sleep time and wake time is, is really valuable. But getting to bed earlier is essential for us to have a more successful morning routine, okay? We need to be going to bed earlier. Find a time that works for you. 
Personally, I'm typically in bed between eight and nine o'clock. That might not be conducive for you, right? If you have kids, if you have commitments, whatever it is, but finding a time that feels good to you and sticking to it, I typically recommend having a flex window of maybe 30 minutes every night if possible, right? Um, to maintain the consistency, maintain that rhythm. Your body wants rhythm, your body loves rhythm, your body loves routine. So really considering how you might be able to find a time that works best for you weekdays and weekends, my friends, weekdays and weekends, so that you're able to then wake up feeling refreshed, feeling restored. And you know, if it does include a five o'clock, six o'clock, seven o'clock morning wake up time, you're getting sufficient sleep and you're not falling in the window of sleep deprivation. And sleep deprivation is six and a half hours or less, my friends. So I want you to do an audit right now and really think, okay, am I getting enough sleep or am I a sleep deprived person? Okay. And I will get into the depths of sleep deprivation and sleep and so forth in another episode because your girl could spend lots and lots of time on that. And it needs to be, <laughs> it needs to be discussed. Okay. So first and foremost, prioritize an earlier bedtime. This is super obvious, but I have to say it. Okay. We need to be in a better rhythm with this. We need to put our phones away earlier. We just need to get a little bit more disciplined in terms of what time we're going to bed so that when we wake up, we are ready to go. So secondly, something that helped me getting up in the morning was getting excited about getting up in the morning, cultivating a morning routine that I was excited about. Okay. Now I'm sure some of you are listening to this and you're saying, Emily, nothing excites me in the morning. I don't want to get out of bed. I don't wanna wake up, I just wanna sleep longer, I wanna snooze, I wanna stay in my warm, cozy bed, nothing will excite me. But I promise you, if you give it some more thought, there is excitement in so many things, even the little things, that will help you get moving. For me, when I first started, I think it was a cup of coffee, and this was pre-Emily knowing I should not be having coffee on an empty stomach or before my food, okay? So hear me out here, right? But it was my cup of coffee and my book, I remember making a cup of coffee with whatever creamer was was in you know my my fridge for that week, which I was a creamer freak for a long time, and I would read my book. And it was not until I really got into reading more that that habit became more consistent because I wasn't always a reader. But about maybe 26, 27, I started to read more, and now I'm obsessed with reading and I love it. But it's about creating a morning routine that gets you up and gets you excited, okay? And it doesn't have to be aesthetic. It doesn't have to be really trendy and over the top and elaborate. It can simply be, what is something that fuels my body, fuels my mind, or fuels my soul that I could implement in the morning in order to get myself out of bed, okay? And that takes on a number of different meanings, right? For you, it might be getting outside for a walk. I firmly believe in getting morning sunlight, okay? Exposing yourself to morning sun helps support a healthy circadian rhythm, helps support your hormones, your stress hormones, all the things. So maybe that means getting for a walk. Maybe that means meditating. Maybe that means reading. Maybe that means journaling. Maybe that means making your breakfast, right? Whatever it is, run with that, okay? Even if it's just a five minutes, 10 minute practice, focus on that in the morning and that will give you motivation, that will give you incentive to get up and go do it, okay? And if there's nothing that you can really think of that brings you excitement, try out a couple different things. Be willing to experiment. Give yourself time to cultivate 
a list of different things that bring you joy that you're able to weave into your morning so that waking up in the morning becomes more of an enjoyable process as opposed to what we're oftentimes kind of caught up in is waking up in the morning is dreadful. Waking up in the morning is terrible. I just don't care to wake up in the morning, right? Which I think is kind of like the vibe that mornings, early mornings give off. And don't get me wrong, they probably do for someone who's just getting started on this process. But I assure you, as you start to fill your mornings and prioritize an earlier bedtime, you start to fill your mornings with more wholesome, more fulfilling, more nourishing practices, it will become significantly, significantly easier. You need to be filling your cup in the morning in order for you to fill the cups of others and engage in the remainder of your day. Filling your cup first thing is one of the best practices and I am certain that it will completely transform the trajectory of your day in mood, energy, productivity, and so forth when you invest and fill your cup first thing in the morning. It doesn't have to be long, it doesn't have to be hours and hours and hours, it simply just has to be a few things that you do religiously as part of your morning ritual in order to nourish before your day even gets started. And the beauty of setting aside this time is that it's not competing with your work, it's not competing with your relationships, it's not competing with other areas of your life because you are setting aside the time intentionally for filling your cup, for the nourishment, and that's really where the value can, can come. Now, Mel Robbins, who is a motivational speaker, she's wonderful, she has a podcast and so forth, she said something brilliant that I want to now share with you. The secret to a morning routine is what you do at night. Okay, so I know I already said we need to have earlier bedtimes, right? And we can all agree that that would very much help our ability to wake up earlier, but it's really about what is it that you're doing at night that is determining the quality of sleep that you get which once again, I'm putting forth the importance of sleep, right? What is it that you're doing at night that is going to then determine what your morning looks like, okay? Are you having a few glasses of wine? Are you staying up late scrolling TikTok, scrolling the news, scrolling social media in a rabbit hole of what your ex-boyfriend's sister's cousin's husband's dog is doing, okay? <laughs> what is it that you're doing at night and how are you setting up your evening to have a better morning? How are you being intentional about your evening routine for the sake of a better quality morning and then as a result, a better quality day? I believe that if you are having any kind of issues with your sleep, if you are experiencing insomnia or restlessness, difficulty getting to sleep, difficulty staying awake, even difficulty waking up in the morning. I believe that these are symptoms of underlying issues. So I would encourage you, if you are having issues with sleep, that you examine that first and foremost before you place this expectation on yourself to have this elaborate morning routine and joining the 5 a.m. club and so forth. I want to really really drive that point home and emphasize that because sleep is so important. And if we're having issues with sleep, the last thing I want to see is furthering those issues or placing the expectation on you that you think you're going to wake up super early when you're not getting the best quality sleep that your body needs to thrive and flourish. And that leads to a whole host of other issues. Now, I will absolutely be dedicating a 
full episode to how to cultivate a good quality nighttime routine. But I think for the sake of this episode, I just simply want you to take audit of what your evenings look like, okay? You have to be willing to be honest with yourself, be real with yourself about what it is that you're doing before bed that is going to then impact your quality of sleep and impact your ability to join the 5 a.m. club, okay? They are related. We can't sit here and say, oh, you know what? No, those few glasses of wine or that, you know, second bowl of ice cream or, you know, scrolling social media till the wee hours of the morning, that's not making a difference in my morning. That's not making a difference in how I feel throughout the day. And realistically, it is. It is. There is a direct connection between the behaviors we choose to engage in prior to going to sleep, our wind down routine, our sleep hygiene, and our quality of sleep. And really cultivating that, a disciplined daily routine that helps you get into the best space for rest, right? It's about preparing the body to rest. This is going to create such a difference in your ability to have a good quality, high quality morning routine, and then obviously how you feel throughout the day. So this is your assignment. I want you to evaluate your evening habits, evaluate your nighttime routine if you have one. Most of us do, whether or not they are beneficial or detrimental to our health and our sleep. That's another question. But most of us have some sort of rhythm. And what's fascinating is if you start to cultivate a nighttime routine, your body starts to understand that, okay, this is typically the time that we start to wind down. Whether whether that be brushing your teeth, whether that be, you know, practicing a meditation, whether that be journaling or reading getting into bed, turning off your lights, right? Whatever the case is, whatever your routine looks like, your body starts to associate that with sleep. So if you are able to really regiment a progression of behaviors that helps prepare the body and the state of mind that you need in order to get the best quality rest, your body is then going to associate with that with sleep. And you're going to find that getting to sleep is much easier in comparison to having some erratic or stressful night routine, which then can result in, you know, difficulty getting to sleep, having stressful, anxious thoughts, feeling like you're not able to sleep at night. And then we know how that feels in in the morning, right? We know how it feels when we don't get good quality sleep, what it feels like trying to wake up in the morning. And then you see how the cycle continues. So your morning starts at night. Your morning starts at night and your choices that you make, the behaviors that you engage in before bed. So keep that in mind, take an audit, and stay tuned for an episode on how to cultivate good sleep hygiene, a solid nighttime routine so that you can really optimize what you're doing in the evenings. Once again, doesn't have to be aesthetic, doesn't have to be super trendy, but allows you to get the best, most restorative rest so that your mornings can look a whole lot better. Okay, so next let's talk a little bit about circadian rhythm, all right? I, like I said, don't want to go too much into this because of the fact that I want to spend some more time on another episode exploring this a little bit further, but engaging in behaviors and lifestyle practices that help support your natural rhythm, your innate rhythm, will then help your body in terms of your evenings and your mornings, right? Winding down and waking up. So to give you the very basic, we have an innate rhythm, our circadian rhythm, and In the mornings, according to this rhythm, our body releases cortisol, which is our stress hormone. This is where we see cortisol peak, and this is what allows us to feel awake, alert, wakeful, and so forth, right? That's that's that morning experience of, okay, I'm up, I'm awake, 
this is the organic way that cortisol should be released, right? First thing in the morning, we see its peak. And then over the course of the remainder of the day, we start to see a decline in our cortisol levels, right? And that leads us into the evening where we see a release of the hormone melatonin, which we all know is a sleep aid, a sleep supplement. I won't get into that either, my friends, but I will talk about melatonin in another episode. But our body naturally produces melatonin in the evenings, and that's what allows us to get to sleep at night, okay? So any dysregulation in those two processes of the circadian rhythm, you'd imagine that it's going to disrupt our ability to get to sleep, right? To get good quality sleep, because if our cortisol is being released in the evenings, or melatonin is delayed or suppressed, or we have low cortisol in the mornings, there's a number of different symptoms that we could notice in ourselves if there's an issue in this arena, which could be an issue related to our circadian rhythm, which is obviously going to impact our sleep. So when it comes to our circadian rhythm, there's a lot of things that we can be doing to help support this process and to help support regulation of this process so that it's not inhibitory on our sleep. One thing that I will suggest to you is our exposure to light plays a big role in this rhythm, okay? First thing in the morning, we wanna get direct morning sunlight. No SPF, no coverage, simply allowing our, our, I was about to say, simply allowing our lights, no, that's not right, simply allowing our eyes to absorb the morning sunlight, to absorb the direct sunlight, which then signals to the body that it is in fact daytime and let's wake up, right? And that's where we get that alertness, that wakefulness and so forth. And then this also supports then the remainder of the day because we are getting cortisol where it needs to be and to organically regulate this part of our body and our systems, right? On the opposite side, in the evenings when we're exposed to these lights and we're exposed to artificial lighting and blue light and so forth, we are tricking our body into thinking that it is is still daytime. So one of the best things that we can do in the evenings is dim our lights, turn off our lights, and really reduce our exposure to lights to support the body's ability in releasing melatonin and then promoting better quality sleep. And so at a later date, I will explore circadian health and circadian rhythm in a little bit more depth. But for the sake of today, I want you to take away the fact that really understanding what this means and how your lifestyle currently supports or inhibits your circadian rhythm or supports or inhibits your quality of sleep is really valuable. And then cultivating a solid morning routine especially when you are integrating morning sunlight as part of that routine and utilizing that as a tool to help them support better quality sleep. And then the cycle continues. I personally will take Lou for a walk, my golden retriever for a walk in the mornings to let her out number one, but then also for me to get exposed to the morning sunlight. This has become very habitual for us, not only because I have to take her out, right, because she needs to to go out and use the bathroom, but also just because I know that really supporting my body in the morning in this way is going to pay out in the quality of sleep that I get at night, and then the cycle will then continue. It'll make tomorrow a little bit easier for me, right, and the days to come when you're really regulating and supporting the natural cycle that your body needs in order to function because it's responsible for a number of different processes within the body. Next. In order for us to have a morning routine, we have to have time in the morning to have a morning routine. And what's unfortunate is so many of us are rushing out the door, rushing to get to where we need to be, to work, to school, to this, to that. And we are inducing this state of stress within the body, which is then generating the part of our nervous system 
that tells us we're in danger, that triggers the cortisol, right? That really makes a difference in our digestion and so many other systems within the body because we are activating our fight or flight or the sympathetic nervous system. When we are rushing out the door, we are, you know, waffle in hand, coffee in the other hand, we're not really setting up, number one, the morning, right, for success, but the trajectory of our day is then influenced by how quickly we are running out the door, half-dressed, and it's really important that we're examining the long-term repercussions of this as opposed to, oh, I was just late, you know, I'm just used to being late, so this is just how I operate, right, I function better this way. Thinking about how that impacts our mental health and our physical health is really, really important. Now, this was me in high school. I lost credit for my first period class my senior year of high school because I was late every day. I was rushing out the door. I was snoozing my alarm, which, oh goodness, I will get into that. Snoozing my alarm, right? And I just wasn't really doing what I could have been doing in order to best support my morning and then the rest of the day. Now, don't get me wrong. There's a lot of research now that says teenagers should not be getting up as early as they are to get to high school. And adolescents need more time in the morning to sleep. And that's why later starts should be recommended or should be considered. Won't get too much into that. I think that probably played a role. But I think about how I would get up every day, super panicked, super frantic, and still be late to my first period class, which I then ended up losing credit for, which AP Spanish, you know, my Spanish is pretty good, but I did miss a lot of class because I was late every day. But I'm thinking about now as an adult, what a difference it's made to give myself the time in the morning to engage in my morning routine before starting the day, before diving into any work, and how much of a difference it's made in how I feel both physically and mentally for the remainder of the day. Now, I know that this isn't always realistic for everyone, and I think what could be really helpful here is assessing, okay, what time do I need to leave, you know, considering traffic, depending on if you work from home or not, obviously that's gonna play a role in here, or if you're at home for whatever, whatever the reason, right? Obviously that's gonna make a difference. But if say you need to start work at a certain time and right now waking up at this hour seems reasonable for me, then I would start there, right? If you have to start work at eight and you work from home and waking up at 6.30 feels like a stretch for you, but waking up at seven feels good, start there and then work your way backwards. I say five minute intervals, five minute increments starting to pull back on what time you're waking up so that you do give yourself the amount of time you need to have some sort of routine, fuel for the body, fuel for the mind, fuel for the soul, and allowing yourself to gradually take those small steps in creating the morning routine that works best for you. And I think that will organically unfold as you commit to the process and as you willingly start to examine how you like your morning routine to look and what you'd like for it to consist of, right? I think ultimately you have to find a space that feels good, that doesn't feel stressful, that doesn't feel like you're compromising your quality of sleep in order to have a morning routine that's accessible to you because it's not going to work if it feels like it's this multi-step morning routine that's really elaborate and requires you to do all these, you know, really, you know, specific activities and, and and actions and takes up a lot of time, right? It has to be realistic. It has to be accessible. It has to be in tandem with your lifestyle, your circumstances, and when your day actually starts. So my suggestion here, be aware of what it does to your body and your mind when you are activating that stress response as often as you are if you are late chronically every single day, right? I think that can be really 
long-term influential on our health, number one, but also just the immediate term in terms of what our day looks like. If you're already starting in a state of stress, then you're likely gonna feel a little bit more sensitive or vulnerable to stress over the course of the day. And then also take small steps. So be willing to gradually chip away at, all right, if I right now wake up at seven and I feel good about that, but I really would like to see myself get up at six, I'm gonna start to set my alarm maybe every week five minutes earlier and start to play around with how can I adjust my morning and adjust it in an incremental way so it doesn't feel like I'm going from 7 a.m. to 6 a.m. overnight, right? Because that's not the expectation. It's simply about how am I starting to mold out the morning to find a rhythm that works for me and also honors the fact that my body's undergoing a change. And that is really huge too. Something else that really helped my process and more recently, more specifically, because I, I didn't ha always have this resource, but I've had it now for about a year and I love it, is my Hatch alarm clock. So basically the Hatch is something that is used to mimic the sunrise and if you choose the sunset, and it gives you the experience of the sun rising to help ease your wakefulness, ease your ability to get up in the morning. And this has been helpful for me because of the fact that waking up now, especially during the winter hours, during the winter, is much, much more challenging because it's dark when I wake up. And so I'm not able to get that kind of organic sunlight as I would if it were maybe the summer hours, which is typically the sun rises much earlier. So my alarm clock, because it's the hatch alarm clock, it it mimics that sunrise. So say, for example, my alarm set for five, the sunrise will start about 440, right? And it gently becomes brighter over the course of those 20 minutes so that at five o'clock when the alarm does go off, which is typically birds chirping or maybe, uh, you know, chimes, whatever it is that I have it set to, it makes it a little bit gentler on the body as opposed to really, you know, a blaring alarm that we typically think of um, when it comes to an alarm clock. So that has actually really helped a lot. Um, it, it makes it a lot more gentle for you to wake up. It is, you know, something that you can set based on your needs. You can do a nighttime routine as well. It's very user-friendly. There's an app that you can set. Um, I've been sleeping with pink noise more recently, and that has been really helpful for my quality of sleep. There's a lot on the, the hatch alarm clock that is very much geared towards supporting better quality of sleep and then promoting ease-filled wakefulness, right, as opposed to waking up to these blaring alarms or the music or whatever it is. It's very calming, it's very gentle, and I've really, really enjoyed adding that to my routine. So let's recap a little. First and foremost, we wanna prioritize an earlier bedtime. Just as I mentioned before, incrementally is likely the best way for you to be most successful at this. If you find that your bedtime is super late, but you're looking to cut back a bit, Cut back by 15 minutes, cut back by half hour increments if you feel led, right? Really being strategic about how you are starting to mold a different approach to your evening is better than saying, you know what, I've been going to bed religiously at midnight for the past six years, but tonight I'm gonna go to bed at nine, right? Be, be realistic with yourself, it takes time. And then on the flip side, it also takes time to feel comfortable getting up earlier, right? So going to bed earlier, that's what I would suggest for you if you're looking to make a more healthful, more structured, earlier morning routine. That would be my suggestion, especially because sleep deprivation is going to inevitably impact 
your ability to wake up in the morning, but also be realistic about where you're starting and then adjust accordingly. Secondly, develop a morning routine that you're excited about, okay? If you're looking to join the 5 a.m. club or the 6 a.m. club or just get up earlier, Start by identifying what are some of the things that would make me excited. Is it your cup of coffee? Is it the walk that you're going to have and, you know, um, the walk with the sunrise that you're going to have with your dog, right? Is it a few pages in your book or journaling or your gratitude, meditation, movement, whatever it is? Start to find things that bring you joy. The smallest things are important, okay? Really honing in on what are the small things that get me excited that will help me get out of bed in the morning. Next. Your morning routine starts at night, okay? So develop a solid nighttime routine. Like I said, I'll go more into depth about this, but be aware of what your sleep hygiene looks like. Take an audit of your nighttime routine and and maybe consider, okay, what I'm choosing to do in the evening is going to inevitably impact how I feel and what I do in the morning, okay? That's some realness that some of us are not considerate of. And be willing to make adjustments where necessary in order to see that then impact and influence your morning routine and your ability to get up at five o'clock or six o'clock or seven o'clock, whatever time is your, your chosen time in a more ease-filled, less stressful way. Prioritize your circadian rhythm, okay? Get your morning sunlight, reduce your light exposure in the evenings. It's recommended that you get sunlight and light exposure throughout the day. And then in the evening, start to to wind down, start to dim your lights, start to reduce your blue light exposure, use night shift mode on your iPhone if you can, use blue light blocking glasses, right? Really be diligent and disciplined about that exposure so that your quality of sleep is better and then you're seeing that pay out in the morning and your ability to wake up first thing. Nextly, we wanna talk about taking small steps. All right, making it plausible for you to have time in the morning, avoiding having that stress response activation, which is so very common. And I too was there once, right? But that's promoting lots of dysfunction within the body. It's inhibiting a lot of important processes within the body. And so being aware of the influence of that, and then also taking small steps in order to chip away at creating the morning routine that works for you and not expecting it to happen overnight. Okay, it's not gonna happen overnight, but taking small steps, trial and error, being willing to try out different things, right? Experiment a little and find something that works for your lifestyle, your circumstances, your work, your relationships, and all of that. That is my best advice for you. So I hope that this was helpful for you. I will certainly be talking more about morning and nighttime routines in the coming future because it's so valuable, it's so important, and I really love talking about them. But for now, I hope that this gave you a little bit of a starting place if you are looking to make adjustments in your evening and morning routine. Obviously, this one was more geared towards morning routine, but you really can't talk about a morning routine without also considering how your nighttime routine and your sleep hygiene plays into how you play out your mornings, right? So I hope this was valuable. I hope that you are able to take away some tangible strategies and suggestions to optimizing your morning. I will honestly say that my morning routine has allowed me to feel so much better in mind and body. I love my mornings. I wish all day long could be the morning just because I feel so productive. I feel so aligned. And I just feel ready to go. And there's no better feeling than that, especially being a business owner and someone who's very ambitious and has a lot of goals. And so I hope that you're feeling the energy from me, that you take away some insight so that you're able to improve your quality of of life as a result of a better quality morning. 
And if you need support in creating this for yourself and cultivating your morning routine, I am happy to chat with you. Feel free to visit my website and schedule a free consult and we could talk about this a little bit further. But in the meantime, I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day and I look forward to talking to you soon. Be well. Mm-hmm.